1: My guest was a career criminal. His extended family consisted of uh, uh, drug dealers, drug addicts, pimps, prostitutes, fatherlessness. Uh, He had 34 members of his family in prison as now for murder. He had an encounter with the Messiah. He learned about blood line curses, oh, wow. began to break them on himself, on his family, his extended family, and he has a passion to help you break. Now by the way, these curses can be things like sickness, like poverty, uh, yeah. they're, they're, and they bloodline. They just pass through the blood, and you can stop it, and his passion is to help you. Are you ready? Yeah. I have John Turnipseed here with me and uh, we were talking a bit about bloodline curses. Uh, What is your understanding of a bloodline
2: curse? My understanding of a bloodline curse is if you can look back into your family and certain things, devastating things, not just a little like a cold or anything. I'm talking about things such as like cancer and things of, of people being unemployed and and. Prostitution or sexual immorality and things of that nature, or people going to prison. If you can trace that back, one generation, it might be a mistake, an abnormality. But if it happens in two or three, there's definitely something going on there, and you better address it right then because it can carry on into other generations.
1: Now, you don't look old enough for that, but you tell me that you trace these things in your own
2: family back. Four generations? Yes, starting with my father. Uh, My father um, got shot at a young age, did a robbery at a young age, and went to prison and abandoned us as a father. Uh, I got shot at 16, abandoned my kids, and went to prison for 10 years. My son, Little Johnny, got shot 17 times, abandoned his nine kids, and went to prison for 15 years. And his son, Got shot at a very young age in his teenage years and is doing life without the possibility of parole. Every generation it got uglier and stronger and that's when I knew that I had to do something.
1: Uh, That's that's an interesting point. Uh,
2: I hope you didn't miss it. He said
1: that each generation it was getting worse in his family line. how big is the turnip seed family that you're talking about?
2: We are the largest family in Minnesota. Uh, a family reunion for us is a couple thousand people.
1: Wow. And, and uh, how many would you say percentage-wise has this curse
2: affected? I would say in most of the generations probably 75 to
1: 90%.
2: Well you were raised in a loving home. You had a good childhood
1: mm-hmm. uh, in Alabama. Yes. All of a sudden, uprooted to Minneapolis. Let's take a look at this clip.
2: I was six years old when the boogeyman started haunting me. What?
1: Please don't
2: make it stop. crazy go away. But I guess when your father is the devil,
1: you can't expect God to answer your prayers.
2: Stop, 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 stop. You are coming! You can't take the boogeyman down. Don't make me beat you again. You'll find someone you can.
1: Ever since I was a kid, I ran these streets. By whatever means necessary. Oh, one more thing, John. You walk in my courtroom one more time, just, just one more time. You will not see another human being for as long as you breathe. I, I, you know, it's hard to, to even comprehend this lost, scared little boy went on to become a gang leader, a pimp, a drug dealer. He was shot, stabbed, abducted, addicted to cocaine
2: armed robberies, in and out of prison.
1: How would that happen?
2: Well uh, with a father not being around and nobody to supervise me, I was basically, when my father wasn't there, the head of the household. My mother was sick and hurt and I would venture out into the neighborhood and down the street from where I lived, because there was no authority over me, a group of pimps and thugs took me in and they showed me what I thought was love. And I went, I grabbed and held on to it for all I could. And it led me to penitentiaries and everything. I was pulling armed robberies at 12 years of age. But
1: you were raised in the church? Yes. Your father was raised in the church? Deacon. And how does someone
2: that has a little bit of teaching, just a little, uh, do cold-blooded things such as you did? Well, I was raised in the church, and when I was six or seven years old, my grandmother told me I was going to be John the Baptist. I was going to be a preacher, so I would pr- practice preaching at five and six years of age, and it was my destiny. We had intact families down there. Everybody was married, no alcoholism, everybody went to church and worked hard. Good family. And my father comes up here by himself, and a couple of years later when we came up here, he was not the same person. He went from being my hero to the boogeyman. And he, I was scared of him, I didn't like him, and he beat my mother every single day. And I, I couldn't understand. And I prayed every day for God to stop it. And my little bitty mind all by itself, it didn't happen for me. And one day I stopped praying. And I became very angry at God and I thought, I said, all that stuff you guys had told me, that's my grandmother, that's hocus-pocus, that doesn't work. I prayed and he still beats my mother. So how does a nine-year-old child deal with that?
1: When you got involved in this life of crime, wasn't there even a tinge saying, this is wrong, I shouldn't do this,
2: tinge of remorse? At first, pretty soon, The conscience gets put to sleep. It's called seared. And then it's gone. Uh,
1: You told me that when you were involved in these things, it was almost like a a high.
2: Absolutely. Um, There was no greater thrill to me than going and putting a pistol in someone's face and humiliating them and making them give me all their money. You
1: hated your father, as you explained, but then, You became just like the one you hated. Absolutely. You became just like your father. That curse that was haunting you was causing you to move in these areas and probably even giving you that high that you had from crime.
2: Oh absolutely. Um, The curse that came upon me became so strong in me that I was able to persuade others to follow me. I was able to, at, I was 18 years old, I was in prison for the first time, a, a thousand men and I took over the, the prison. Hear, boys, the um, just yourself. had them following me to this path that I was on. And because I was so taught so well how to influence people for my own benefit that I was able to send a lot of young men down a very dark path. But, but, but you had some good role models in prison. Of, did you really want to change? God kept sending angels to me. What do you mean? He, he sent, uh, he, I wouldn't go to school and one day I wanted to do weightlifting and this weightlifter told me that he wouldn't teach me weightlifting unless I got my GED. So I went and studied the book and took the GED test a week later and passed it. And then there was a, another guy who came and visited me in prison and told me I was insulted me by telling me I was a total waste of human life because I wouldn't educate myself. And I went to school and got a degree in computers. And there was a guy named Father Capucci, a Catholic priest, that when I would act up, he was the only one that could calm me down because I knew he was one of God's boys and I didn't want to offend him. So God kept sending. He never, I didn't realize until later on in life, he sent the Calvary to me to prepare me. God is so good. He is that good.
1: Now you hated your dad, hated him, wanted to kill him. And when you had a child it would be different, but it wasn't.
2: It was not different. Uh, my first child actually came into the world. She was, sh- I was shot, the mother was shot and she was shot by a gunman that was trying to kill me. We all lived, but I brought that evil. That evil followed me into my household. And tried to execute my family. It's all part of that curse. All part of the curse. But that angel of God, the mercy of God was there. Well
1: your life was in and out of prisons. Uh, You you had a skill, uh, but you were living a double life. A life as uh, a normal person and a life because that curse would not leave you alone. Uh, You were going to be arrested. You knew it. You were in your office. A television crew showed up.
2: Describe that to me. I had been caught, put in jail and arraigned on probably a couple of hundred felonies. And I agreed to plead guilty to 50 of them if they would let me out to finish teaching a class. See I, I was, when God had sent those angels I had gotten the skill of teaching. And I had students, so I went back to teach these students. Nobody knew I had went to jail. And um, I was going to go to prison. I barricaded myself in my office and I just started crying. I started crying. I wanted to kill it's myself. Come. And we'll something from lie. my childhood came to me. My Your grandmother right really telling me just, boy, if you just reach to pray. God, reach to Jesus, that's what, that voice came to me.
1: And you're going to find And God. I
2: asked him right there, right
1: where
2: right left. there. I said, "God, if you are who my grandmother said you are, then you have to come right now." And he came right then and there. And I know he came and stuff. When that, I call him the gangster, when that gangster came into my life, you know, you know, it, I, buy, it, I, it, it's, I can't describe it. I cannot describe how I felt that moment. I got up. Everybody was waiting outside my office. I came out smiling. I had dirt all over my suits, not running down my face. I didn't care. Jesus had came and got me. He was real. He was real. I'll tell you something. When we come back,
1: you, you think you have problems? Fifty felonies. A judge that hates him. He's facing ten years to life. He can be put away forever. But the same God that rescued him, the same God that is ready to rescue you, it's a miracle. I'll be right back. Mm -hmm. John Turnipseed has such a passion to break bloodline curses and restore families. Why do you have such a passion for that? You really
2: do. I have the passion because God came and saved my life. He came and took me out of death and brought me back to life. And I want it for all my family and everybody I know. You have four generations of these bloodline curses. Uh, What did they consist of? The curses that um, came through my family, uh, my father was shot went to prison and abandoned his kids. I was shot, went to prison for 10 years and abandoned my kids. My son, little Johnny, was shot 17 times, went to prison for 15 years and abandoned his kids. And then my grandson was shot at 15, has life without the possibility of parole and has abandoned his two kids by being in prison. That's a curse.
1: Now. You have found that you can break those curses over your family. Uh, you've, you've had, your extended family, I mean it was like contagious. Everyone, not just, not just what you shared, your whole extended family. Uh, how many uh, were imprisoned for murder? Thirty-four. I mean that, that, that's in his family. And, and tell me how you break
2: these curses. I sat down with my family. When I discovered in my own life, I had to acknowledge what I was under. I had to acknowledge that I had the curse of father absence, the curse of, of murder intent, the curse of raising criminals, the curse of being in prison. I had to honestly confront myself and then talk to my family about each one of those things. And we had to come to an agreement. We had to be honest, dead honest with each other, and then we started talking about Working together to ask God as a group to stop this curse and talking to our younger kids about it and taking the curse of imprisonment and just father absent, completely out of our family.
1: Out of curiosity, uh, you have such a passion for everyone, but you started with the turnip seed family. Uh, What percentage of the turnip seed family uh, made Jesus Lord and broke the curses? 90%, 90%.
2: we went from 90% that were destined for destruction in hell to 90% that I know and believe are going to Heaven.
1: And you know, I'm concerned like you about this generation of fatherlessness. Now it's very predominant in the African American community, but it's getting pretty prominent in the other communities as well. And then when there is a father present, but he's kind of absent I think we have a generation, not, not just African-American, all people that have a degree of fatherlessness and that curse.
2: Father absence is, is the most devastating thing in our culture today. You Give me any tragedy that we see today and look behind the tragedy, there's an absent father or a father that was ineffective in the house. And the fathers have to come back home. This is, I beg the fathers to come back home.
1: What are some of the areas
2: that uh, have these
1: bloodline curses? Give identify a few of them.
2: There's um, curses of cancer in families, just generations of cancer running through families. Imprisonment. Um, we are kids are prison ready. In my family, they were prison ready by the time they were ten years old. There's alcoholism and drug addiction and and prostitution and and pimps and and drug dealers. Just things that were. Terrible in our community and most of all, terrible for the souls that they were taking.
1: You know, our government pours money after money after money into welfare programs, and it appears
2: to me like it's not helping. If you were president of the United States, what would you do? If I was president of the United States, I would speak to especially people that are mostly affected by welfare. In my family, we have made a move to get off welfare. Welfare is a Death sent, sent to us by the enemy. It's, it's, it creates poverty, which is the root of a lot of things, and it creates desperate situations. Uh, my family, we're moving off welfare. We're getting jobs. We're being a part of the American fabric, and we're succeeding in that. And I just would ask everybody in their own family to start working to get towards self sufficiency so the government doesn't have to take care of you and run your life.
1: But you know what? If you could turn 98% of your family around through understanding the principles that God has taught you, we could turn 98% of the people in America around.
2: Why not, John? Why not? The, the, you got to remember that the enemy is just as hard at work as anybody else. You know, he doesn't. Take a day off. He's attacking us. One of the ways that he even attacks is to making Christians believe that they're doing the right thing. Um, In the African American community, I can say this young men that believe in Jesus Christ and know who he is are being taught to turn away from him, and it's through the nation of Islam. They're telling young men that Jesus was not the Messiah. So now these young men are believing that they're doing the right thing. But they've been misinformed by misinformed people. And I'm just saying that because that's one of the subtle ways that the enemy does it. It gets you first to believe that Jesus is non-existent or that we not, he's not the Messiah.
1: Tell me about the prisoner. I love this story. The prisoner in Australia, There a lot of prisoners that got a hold of John's book, Bloodline. What happened to him?
2: There's a young man that, uh, he's not that young anymore. He's a career criminal. Um, with murderous intent, he harmed a lot of people, um, was definitely against God and anything God stood for, and they had took many attempts at trying to turn this man's life around because he was a leader, there is a leader, in a very ugly gang called the Mongrel Gang, I believe it is, in Australia. And one day the guy that was trying to turn his life around came to him and the guy said, I read a book by this guy named Turnipseed, and I'm ready to accept Christ. And he turned his life over to Christ right there. And um, th- that was God doing that. I didn't even know my book was in Australia.
1: You know there are big problems in America and in every country with gangs. Yes. I, I can see uh, <laughs> the book, Bloodline, The movie that you have, the John Turnipseed story, the two teaching CDs identifying and breaking generational curses, and the bonus scripture and prayer card, just a a how-to, break these curses, I can see that turning you around, your family around, your world around. Now you can be equipped with the knowledge to break bloodline curses in your family or others for generations to come. Order John Turnipseed's book, Bloodline, the DVD, The John Turnipseed Story, and his two messages on CD. And as a bonus, you'll receive a special scripture and prayer card, all for an investment of 39 U.S. dollars. Be sure to ask for offer number 9393. Once again, The offer number is 9393. Just before John was arrested,
2: he asked God for two things. What were those two things? I asked him. I I knew I was going to jail and I let my children Uh, down once again. I said, God, I, I want my children to forgive me and to love me one more time, and Father, I want to teach again. Because I was a licensed teacher and I knew it would be taken away, right, and I, I, I loved teaching so much, I, I wanted to teach again, and that's the only thing that I asked. I didn't ask him not to go to jail. I didn't ask him anything else. The judge
1: could have put you away for life. Sentencing day. Tell me about it.
2: Sentencing day comes around, and and. In Minnesota, we have the Career Criminal Division, and when they prosecute you, these guys, are they, they have no sympathy, no empathy for anything. It's like you have crossed over the line. You have went over the sentencing guidelines. They're—you know We're going to put you away for as long as humanly possible. Well the prosecutor that was prosecuting me all of a sudden wasn't there that day, and this guy really disliked. He had prosecuted my son, my cousins, and everybody. The judge had seen me time and time again and was just, Tired of me, but that day I'd had like nine months before I came for sentencing, and the judge told me he seen something different in me, and my lawyer was getting, arguing for the ten year. You know, let's give him ten years, and I told my lawyer, just chill out, man. <laughs> and the judge said, I'm going to give you probation. I don't know why. No, no time in jail. No time in jail. That's a miracle. <laughs>
1: So those two prayers you prayed, I think God instantly answered them. He
2: instantly answered them. Now I have to. And, and the place that I got that shamed and got arrested at, that the cameras came to, they not only rehired me but they promoted me.
1: <laughs> when you were talking about um, that day when the cameras were there. I saw crocodile tears coming out out of your eyes. Why?
2: There's no way to explain when God does what he does and how blessed I was to receive it. I owe him everything. And he did it for me, for me right there and then. Regardless of my past or anything, he did it for me.
1: Would he do this for anyone if their past was even worse than yours? He would do it for any one of his children in an instant. Would you pray for the ones that are looking right now, and you know who you are, because God's been dealing with you, and he loves you as much as he loves John Turnipseed. He loves you as much as he loves me. He loves you enough to die for you.
2: God, you know, you know us, we're your babies. Father, sometimes we are disobedient, sometimes we do not do what we're supposed to do, but Father, you told us that you loved us so much in John 3.16 that whoever believed in you shall not perish but have everlasting life, and Father, We're your babies. We need you in our life. Knock down the barriers for the ones that don't believe in you, Father. Just knock the barriers down and let them know that you're there, Father, because only until you come will they know how great you are, Father. So please, Jesus, just give us unyielded, unrestrained favor today, Father, even if we don't deserve it, Jesus. Amen. You know what? The Bible says,
1: if you confess your sins, he is just and faithful yes. to forgive you of all, 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 no matter what you've done.
2: Real quick, tell mm-hmm. me the first message you ever gave, your first sermon. Uh, my first sermon, I, um, I gave my life to Christ and I went to, back to school to become a minister. I went to a funeral that another pastor was supposed to do. I get a phone call because he's not there, and it's from a cousin of mine that tells me, hey Johnny, that's what he called me, I'm just telling you this because I know you're at that funeral, the pastor ain't showing up. Um, the pastor owes us a whole lot of money and, uh, from, for drugs, <laughs> and I'm just telling you, yeah, it's hard to believe. And until Monday, he's going to stay right here. So tell the family. So I went to the family and I told them. I didn't tell them the whole story. I just said, the pastor won't show up. And uh, I said, but I'm a pastor. And he said, you are? And I said, yeah. And they asked me, well would you do the service because the funeral home is waiting. And I said, I will. And when I got up to speak, the crowd there, I heard cursing. They know He's a pimp. He's he's a thug. You know, he did this to me. I mean, all of this. And God just, I felt him. And I went up and I, I opened the service up with John 3.16, and I'll tell you how I said it. I said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him, even Johnny Turnipseed, shall not perish, but had everlasting life. And then I told him, I don't know about the God you serve, but the one I serve said that and meant that, and I'm going to do this service, and I got a standing ovation. <laughs>
1: Well, now, what about that a large extended family of pimps and fatherlessness and prison and murder? Thirty-four members of your family serving time for murder right now. Uh, what's going on with all of that family? Um, most of them that are in
2: prison are saved. What percent would you say? I would say ninety na- percent. Oh. I would say ninety percent. <laughs> <laughs> My, my, my children are saved. My brothers are saved. We are no longer raising criminals. We're raising uh, hopefully little preachers, you know. That's my greatest hope. That's bigger than the President in my family.
1: Okay. With your family, you broke the curses. How can people watching you right now, the curses over their family, whether it's sickness or whether it's divorce or or, or, or whether it's prison or whether it's addictions, uh, whatever.
2: How? Um, What I had to do with my family is we had to sit down and come face to face with these are the things, and be honest, that are plaguing our family, okay, the prostitution and the gang and the drugs. all of that father-absence men walking away from their children. We had to say some very unpleasant things about the reality of who we were, okay. And then in agreement with each other we had to act on it. And then we had to arm ourselves because the enemy came and he, man, did he ever come. When, we, when I started talking this message he started attacking my family more than he had because he had before he could just leave us alone because we were doing it all by ourselves. But once we started, We armed ourselves with the Word and the the blood of Jesus Christ and stuff that he had to back off. He had to back off.
1: Did you hear that? He armed himself with the Word of God and the blood of Jesus. That's why they had to back off. And I tell you, the devil, the curses are backing off in Jesus' name.
0: John Turnipseed was torn from a good life with a loving extended family to live with his abusive and cruel father. His father's alcoholism and womanizing began a chain reaction of poverty, violence, and addiction. John went from a lost and frightened little boy to a gang leader, drug dealer, and pimp. He became a user of crack cocaine and committed armed robberies. Thirty-four of his family members have been in prison serving time for murder. Today, John Turnipseed has been rescued, delivered by the power of God, and has dedicated his life to help people identify and be set free from bloodline and generational curses. Ninety percent of his family has been set free. Call now and get John Turnipseed's book, Bloodline, and his two-part audio CD teaching on identifying and breaking generational curses. Plus, you'll get his soul winning DVD testimony movie, The John Turnipseed Story. Also included is this handy prayer card, Freedom from Generational Curses, yours for a donation of $39. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9393 through the powerful revelation contained in John Turnipseed's book and three-part audio CD series. You will learn what generational curses and bloodline curses are. Understand how to identify bloodline and generational curses in your life and that of your families. Learn what are the laws that govern generational curses and generational blessings. Understand the keys to overthrow generational curses and bloodline curses permanently through prayers of renunciation. Discover the supernatural prayers to set you free in every area of your life. You will also receive John Turnipseed's DVD testimony movie, The John Turnipseed Story. Show this movie to your unsaved or backslidden family and friends to encourage them to turn to Jesus as their Messiah and Lord. I truly believe through the supernatural
2: power of God and these teachings that you can break the generational curses that are plaguing your family.
0: Plus, you will receive as a special bonus this handy scripture and prayer card. On one side are five keys to freedom from generational and bloodline curses. On the other side are scriptures and an anointed prayer to proclaim over yourself and your family.
1: And you know what? Doctors always ask you, uh, tell me the health of your parents, your mother, your father. Well, that's part of the bloodline curse. I mean, do you know that divorce is a curse? Do you know that children into drugs is a curse? There are any number of them that have passed on generationally, and if you don't stop them, then no one's going to do it for the rest of your family. So I urge you to get the book, Bloodline, see the movie, the two teachings on CDs, identifying and breaking generational curses, and the special bonus scripture and prayer card. You can take this card and it's step-by-step how to break these curses.
0: You need it. Don't miss out on getting John Turnipseed's book, Bloodline, and his two-part audio CD teaching on identifying and breaking generational curses. Plus, you'll get his soul-winning DVD testimony movie, The John Turnipseed Story. Also included is this handy prayer card, Freedom from Generational Curses, yours for a donation of $39. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9393. Call or you can send your check to Sid Roth, It's Supernatural, P.O. Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. Please specify offer number 9393 or log on to SidRoth.org. Call or write today. Next week
1: on It's Supernatural. My guest says we were created to be feared by the devil. Do you agree with that? Do you want to find out why and how and start doing it?